All right, welcome to another episode of the Digital Recruiter Podcast. So today I am excited to be joined by Jordan Greenberg. He's co-founder of The Recruitery. Uh, he helps early stage companies you know, avoid those costly mishires. He's worked in insurance with Liberty Mutual, his SaaS background, consulting, uh, before getting into agency recruiting. He was one of the first people to ever buy any course from the digital recruiter. So I, I appreciate him and I love his journey of just kind of putting in the work, having the right systems and really thinking strategically about your business and what that can result in. So I'm excited to have him share a story. And the cool part is he's got a little international flair. He's out in Israel and has close clients in different countries. So we're going to talk about that too. Uh, just to really, I'm really excited for this conversation. So Jordan, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, happy to be here, Clark. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Well, let's start off with, uh, you know, a little get to know you, because I know it's all different for all of us, but how'd you get into recruiting? Yeah, so it's a good question. Um, I was an operator for 10 years, as you said, working Fortune 500, Liberty Mutual, and then moving into consulting, doing more so digital and cloud uh, implementations. And after, that was in Boston, and I moved to Israel about five and a half years ago. And I actually got into recruiting just by looking for my first role uh, when I moved to Israel. And that was a customer success major, which I did for four and a half years. But um, in 2019, it took me about eight and a half months to find my role. I actually wrote an article about it. I can find a way to share that. Uh, the link to that after the Absolutely. podcast, but I, I applied to like, you know, 2019, this was pretty rough. I don't think it's, it's as bad as what I saw folks go it, uh, into in 2023. And also this year, I applied to like something like 105 different companies and roles at maybe 50. So interviews, like 15 assignments and one job offer. Wow. That was all it was. And it was really hard because what I found the, the recruiting experience to be like in America was, you know, when I came from Liberty Mutual as like a consultant and then also as a business analyst, it was very transferable. I think that recruitment teams and companies could say, oh, OK, you do that. OK, so therefore you could be a customer success manager or, oh, you do this. OK, you can do that. There's. there's I found that in American culture, at least recruiting teams had a, and hiring teams had a better idea of putting together the dots. And countless times I would go into interviews in Israel and they'd be like, well, what are you? Are you like a software developer? Are you a this dev person? Are you a, like they could? And like I, I remember meeting a mid-stage startup and it had a really big office and a huge team. And there I was in the last interview sitting with the CEO of this 100 person startup and him saying, like, help me help you. Like, what are you? Like, what are you doing? I was like, what? Like, what's going on here? Like, I, I realized that in Israel, the culture is much more, it's much more cookie cutter. It's either if you did sales, you're business development. If you did customer service, or you did some sort of implementation, your customer success. If you knew how to code, then you're a software developer. And there's not much gray space. And I found that, figured that out very early on. And on top of that, it's not like you can apply, maybe in 29, like this today, 
I have, I have my opinions about this in 2023. Things are definitely 2024. Things are definitely different. But back in the day, 2019, 20 four years ago, could, five years ago, yeah. five years ago, <laughs> you could you could apply to a job on their website, and you could you could get a interview, you know, and that was working a little bit. I wouldn't recommend that today uh, for any place you go, especially in a startup. Um, but back then, you know, you could, but it was just like figuring it out like uh what are you so i realized then okay i have to switch my strategy i have to start like going to facebook groups facebook is much bigger in israel than it is in the united states for employment and like joining these groups and reaching out to people that work for these companies and like adding them as a friend on facebook this is when i had facebook and then, hey i i see you work here let's get coffee let's talk about it. it's much more informal um same thing with linkedin as well just like build these relationships and it's uh, and actually in Israel they have a phrase for it. it's called kombina, which really means who do you know? It's all about your connection. Who can get you in there? You know, I know someone that knows someone. It's very much a family and community mentality. High tech is really big here. There's tons of big companies that have come out of Israel that have expanded into the United States and into into Europe and also into Asia. But in terms of the actual high tech business community. Everyone knows each other. And on top of that, when you leave your job in high tech in Israel, the likelihood is that you'll go to a company where that you've worked with someone before. You see it all the time. So it's all about connections here. It's all about knowing that. And I didn't know that at the time. It just took me a long time. But at the end of the day, though, it was a recruiter, a third party recruiter that found me this role that, was, that I did as a customer success manager. And I also learned that on the other side of it, it took the hiring team for the startup six months to find me. So I realized that was the first time I was like, huh, okay, so a recruiter a recruiter can do good. A recruiter can add value. And at the end of the day, that was a good fit. I was there for four and a half years. I got promoted. I brought in over, you know, maintained over half a million in business within the first two years, expanded out into EMEA as well. It was it was great. It was a great even till the very end to this day, have a great relationship. But that came that initial introduction was brokered by a recruiter. And that made me think, well, if it took me this long, you know, to find a role, maybe I can also help people find roles like this as well. There's a lot of space for recruiters as, as sales motivated as we are to very much do good. You can really change a career for someone. You can change a life for someone um, in this game. So that was a big why to how I got into recruiting. So that's like one end of it. And then on the other end, Working in early stage, I, I saw that company go from C to Series B. I saw the people that would come in the door and come out of the door. I, I think one of one of my big experiences was seeing when they had a VP of sales come in, and it was a great guy. He was really accomplished, did a lot. And it was just a misalignment from the beginning. He hired his team and got three AEs and. Their mentality was sell at all costs to the specific SaaS offering that we had. And, you know, it was great to see, you know, these logos coming in, those revenue coming in, seeing that it was good. Then you realize the customer success team has been realized when these handovers happened, oh, this isn't a fit. This isn't going to work out. And we saw, you know, churn go up. We saw all of a sudden deal cycles were taking much longer. And there was a misalignment in, in seller expectations and also just some buyer expectations. And within a year, the VP of sales was gone. His team was gone. 
you know, over a million dollars in revenue was just wiped out. And that had a profound impact on me. I was just like thinking, you know, this guy probably came in either through an introduction or he maybe came in through an executive recruiter. It came in through maybe a CV. And I'm just wondering to myself, well, how did you, how was this, how did the company prioritize this candidate? And how did the candidate prioritize this company? What happened during those interviews and during this assessment to bring in this person? And where was the, where was the misalignment? And how did this candidate end up going this different direction than based on what was expected? And I think that a really strong recruitment process can be brokered with a really strong recruiter that can bring in the right people so they can save people these problems. So from from there, I was thinking, okay, I think I should take a pivot at some point and build out my own. I would love to be a recruiter and build this out myself to help early stage startups prevent this. And this was back in 20. This, this started in 2021, where we saw all of this hiring, these lucrative sales deals coming in. And then by 2022, end of 2022, he was he was gone. And as we knew, 2023 was a really tough year for us. We saw a lot of, you know, close calls for the business. And, you know, unfortunately, when I left, the business was, you know, was doing really strong and they're, they're in great hands. But there are a lot of lessons learned. And it all starts with how are we recruiting and who are we bring in? And... Yeah. What is going into that assessment? And I thought that I could take a stab at that myself. So I ended up on the side of customer success. I was working customer success EMEA. So Europe, UK, Africa, Middle East, even Asia. And then at night, I worked the US hours. I started my own recruitment business focusing on the Boston market. That's where I'm originally from. And working with, I got very, very lucky, you know, not really know, knowing. Um, how to do proper biz dev outreach, just to talking to a couple of people, just mainly outreaching or reaching out on LinkedIn. Like, hey, I see you're hired for customer success. I'm a customer success manager and a customer success recruiter. And they're like, uh, I'm confused. Like, what are you exactly? Like, I'm a recruiter, but I also do customer success. Like, okay, let's talk. Like, yeah. wow, I got really lucky. I, I mean, like, I, I got very lucky. I was able to place two customer success managers with them. Uh, it took a couple of months and I was also competing with other, I mean, two or three other recruiting firms. So I got lucky and then I got another customer and then we placed, this, um, you know, a director of operations. And then I placed a sales engineer Then I placed a DevOps person and then it was the head of sales. And it just, it kept, it started to flow through. And yeah. I was like, wow, like, thank God I was able to get to this business to this place. And now uh, I, I left my company that I was working for at the end of September and I started going to this full time. And I've now had the chance to build on, bring on new customers, um, invest more into your class, start doing different things. I'm posting now more on LinkedIn, getting more content out there. Uh, you know, a lot of this also came from following and learning from you along the way too. So, and also having a really strong mentorship system as well. So a lot of learning, a lot of, um, being very blessed to figure this out and a lot of refinement um, and knowing that I, I don't even think I'm anywhere near where I want to be, but something's working despite being, you know, 2023 being a brutal, a really brutal year and also a lot of turndown. Like I was very blessed to build strong relationships with my clients 
to have get continued continued business get like you know close one role come down come back a few months later hey we need help here or hey we need help here this happens three or four times and so pipeline generated from investing and doubling down in those customer relationships so a lot happened but it was a really really telling year and i'm really excited for what 2024 has uh has to offer in this space that, that that's awesome i mean there is a load to unpack there so much i think from the 2019 experience of that impersonal application interview process, right? When you don't have the network, what you saw in Israel in 2019 is what a lot of recruiters felt to it in the US in 2023, because the system was overwhelmed with applications, yeah. right? So everything you were doing instinctually is, you know, you call it luck. I, I, I don't, I think, so once you understand why it worked, you realize, oh, it's not luck. You kind of earn, you do earn your luck. And I think you just highlighted why. Number one, you keep at it, right? You have that gratitude of just like feeling blessed. I mean, that is such a key piece of pieces coming together for recruiters. I see it time and time again. The ones with the good attitude, the ones that keep working, that keep at it, they make the necessary pivots, right? And you mentioned like, all right, well, Israel kind of tends to pigeonhole people. But if you're in the network then you're good, right? So it's like, all right, well, I got to go build the network. And it wasn't, you know, making excuses. You'd be like, well, they're going to pigeonhole me. I give up, right? It's everyone else's fault. It's like you figure out how to like, all right, well, what is different about this culture and how do I need to adapt, right? And that's huge. And I think one of the things you do really well is you leverage your strengths. So you're a customer success manager. What am I going to go recruit for? why don't I go find people that need customer success managers? And like, it becomes believable that you could find that person, right? You start there. You didn't get worried about, well, what if I block myself out of something else? It's like, who cares? Because you could just do that and probably have, you could have a million dollar business. Honestly, if that was your one focus and you were doing that while working full time. So there's no excuse for anyone else doing this. That's what I, I remember first talking to you about a year ago and I was like, wait, you're working full time and you're implementing this. I'm like, all right, you're going to make it. Like, I know you'll be all right. And I, I mean, sure enough, you followed up with me a few months later. Like, hey, I got like, what, like three clients this year and all that. And, you know, Dripify is great. And I want to do more content. I'm like, well, that's exactly what I want to hear. Right. But it's like, you always just like, I see you, you just always work. You're always doing it, like posting or running a campaign. Or you're like, before we talked, you're like, I got to come up with like the sales plan that was in the course. You're like, you know what? This is good. Like I need my top 20. I, you know, I'm going to go over that with my business partner. Like you're just doing the things when it, you hear it and it makes sense. You go, you just go do it. You don't let that stop you. And you're not looking for money that day, but you're just like, this is the right thing to do. And this will help me get to where I want to be. Uh, mm-hmm. So a lot to unpack. I mean, it's all, dude, it's all gold. Like it all makes sense. Why are you able to just like yeah. do this? Like methodically when you do that in recruiting, the place has become pretty nice <laughs> when, right. When you start yeah. to get there, you're like, Oh, well, maybe that the juice was worth the squeeze. Right. And, and making those placements and doing the work and coming through and, and like, that's what the opportunity is here. And it's just cool to see you take advantage of it. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, yeah. I think in turn, in addition to execution, um, which, you know, I would say, yeah, look, it, it, there was so much, so many opportunities to learn it's like okay this makes sense let's jump on it but it was also just fortunately being 
resourceful and trying to find the right people to have in your network that can help you and you being one of those people. And so you, you mentioned, it's funny, you were saying that like, yeah, like doing a full-time job, also, you know, a wife and the kids at home. Yeah. And then on top of that, doing this at the time when I started following you, I, I was really in a crunch for business development. Like my business development was like, I got this crunch base um, subscription and be like, okay, who are like the companies that are recently funded? I'll import the CSV and then I'll pull it into a spreadsheet and then I'll just go one by one into LinkedIn, see who the relevant, you know, you know, the I, ICP is, you know, the ideal customer that I'm going to go after. And I'm just going to like, click LinkedIn, click LinkedIn, or, you know, let's see what happens. Right. And then you started, you started talking about this better ways. I'm like, okay, like this, well, the, the current way I'm doing right now is taking me three hours, three hours a day. And if I start my, my day at 1 PM Eastern time in recruiting, and I finish my day at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time, that means I'm only recruiting for two hours a day or getting on the phone, and I'm devoting the rest of my time to biz dev. That's not sustainable. So when I took your first class and you started talking about how you can automate this and dripify, it was like, whoa, this is a game changer for me because all of a sudden, everything I was doing, I no longer needed to do. I could just build, use, you, I had a sales nev um, subscription, um, I was also speaking with a great guy who I think is also in your network. Um, his name is Justin Mechtel. Shout out to Justin. Great Justin guy. Great. Was a really yeah. big help to me when I started uh, started out the business. He was like, you should definitely get LinkedIn sales now. He, was he, he mentioned Dripify back in August of 2022. I was like, well, I'm not sure yeah. but like he was right. And so, and then I'm taking your class, you know, seeing that. You know, I could build my account lists in LinkedIn Sales Nav. You could validate it based on who was recently funded. You can then do a leads list based on who those relevant folks are that are at those companies. And then you just, you know, drag them and save them into your Dripify, do a campaign, and then you're done. <laughs> you're yeah. done with your heavy loading for the rest of the week. All you're doing is just trying to engage and talk with them. And yeah. so, and even to this day, I actually, in Israel, the workday is, is Sunday to Thursday, but I, you know, also have to work with the with Fridays. So I call I have a system in place is like Sundays is biz dev Sundays. So every week, every Sunday is just find a hundred people that are really gonna be a, a part of companies that I want to go after. You know, I also am using other tools that I got Paul that I got Loxo as well. So I got email, and then you also have you know good for cold calling it's like build my here's my dripify list here's my apollo list of who i want to go after over email create targeted campaigns for both and then also create a, a targeted cold call list so i've done all my prep on sunday and all i have to do for the rest of the week is either make calls or and respond to you know linkedin posts that i'm seeing and so when i implemented that last year in the beginning of 2023 i couldn't believe it all of a sudden i was doing all these conversations and actually, Dripify helped me close alone two two customers last year in the beginning of the first half of 2023. It got me like uh, like three other like meetings with contracts involved as well. It's a great biz dev opener. It was really awesome, and that all came from your first class. So I couldn't have done I couldn't have 
scaled my business with Entrepreneur. I very much believe in it. The only disappointment that I have is just I wish that you know other CRMs could 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 do a better integrate. job integra- integrating yeah. exactly. Could save me a lot of time, but like it, it doesn't matter because. Because Tripify has, has has done its value, I'm willing to compromise on that. Like they yeah. have, like yeah. you know what I'm saying? No, well, absolutely. And I think with the rest of the piece that you updated your LinkedIn, you took the that feedback in the course of like, oh, yep. here's how to optimize your LinkedIn profile. Here's how to have messaging that's not spammy. And you know, we gave you, you know, some templates and some stuff that's worked, but really how to think about your approach with messaging can change when you can do it at scale and you have the right profile. And so it's like, how do I generate conversations at scale versus, you know, how do I get, how do I close deals at scale? Right. Because it's conversations. It has to start that way. What I was telling people is you have no idea if someone's going to be a good client or not. So why are you pitching them? Like you're begging for their business because you have no clue. So it's like, I, that's why the whole like, well, we can get you 10 to 20 leads and clients. And it's like, maybe, right? Like you, you you might be able to do that. You might also just build the wrong audience. It's a bunch of like people that you shouldn't be aligned with and that aren't good fits or that aren't hiring. Like it's, it's so much in how you use the inputs with the tools that make sense. And mm-hmm. people blame the tool, but it's really the inputs that are the issue. Yep. And that's the person controlling it. And I think the people that have success are like you that think about it critically. That's like, all right, what's the jur- what's the buyer's journey in automation? People, it's not that people hate automation, automated messages. They hate automated messages that aren't relevant to them. And like, that's a huge difference. Right, it's a that's right. really big difference. You know, it's when you do your outreach. What I've learned is that when you can make a sale, you can try. It's not going to work out, but I try to change my mindset. That anytime I reach out, I'm obviously I'm trying. I I believe that I have a problem. I have I, I have the ability to solve someone's problem, but most importantly is. I'm just trying, I'm here to have a conversation. Yeah. That's all. It's about building the relationship. It's just about starting to talk. And so many of those outreach that came from LinkedIn, you know, Dripify. I went back to Boston in August. I know I got partners from those trip campaign from the trip campaigns. I got potential new customers as well. I had a full, fully jam-packed week of meetings that yeah. came just from the Hey, how are your how are your how are your hiring efforts going in 2023? Or like, what are some of the biggest problems you're trying to solve this quarter? And just talking about it and it's like, crazy, yeah, it's crazy how it, it works. Never like, <laughs> it was never like, hey, I see you're trying to, I see you're hiring. Let, let me help. You know, like that 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 can shut a door as a as like a potential as a potential buyer. Because everyone else is got, doing it. Everyone else is doing that. You don't have to check your inbox just to see how many folks are just being like, Clark, can I have a word, please? Like, I yeah. can do this. And that's like, I don't want to talk about that. You know, I, I want, if you're going to reach out to me, like, talk to me about something that is actually a problem that is worth solving. But like, let's talk, you know, it's, it's good to I, have that mentality. That's been really helping me with the trip, trip campaign, man. I, big, I, big believer in Dripify. I, I love it. I love it. It, it. It's the tool is great, but it's again, and how are you approaching it? You are understanding the spirit of the digital recruiter approach. And that's what really works, right? Because there's tools everywhere. There are systems. 
systems are honestly what I focus on the least amount of the time because I think it's the approach and the consistency that people are missing. And that's what you have. I look at all the wins that, you know, the, the, the best success stories of digital recruiter, you know, you being one of them, they understood the approach and the consistency, right? The system, right, I can get a sales nav, I can get Dripify within 10 minutes. Now what? Right. Okay. I have my system. I can use Google for my CRM, my ETS. Like, well, now what? Right. It's, it's, this, mm-hmm. the system really isn't that complicated. It's the, it's that piece of it. And so that is the piece. That's like the fundamental. Now, systems part of the equation, right? Approach, system, consistency equals great clients. Right. You followed the system, you kept going, but really it's, again, it is the approach and it is building that network. And then I know you're starting to add some content. So you got the updated sales course and the, and the content course. And then that, imagine what that's going to do now. And I'm sure it already is doing, because I see you posting more to kind of recapture the people that you did talk to and the people that maybe didn't respond right away yeah. to the Dripify. I'm sure some of them are coming back around too, because that's what happens when you stay top of mind. And again, it's content. But that's business development, staying top of mind, staying present, right? And that's mm-hmm. a follow-up for one to 100 or one to 1,000 people, not one-to-one. So you're being less annoying versus they're just seeing you in the feed and they're getting comfortable with you. And plus, there's a whole other psychology thing that happens when you put yourself out there. People put you in a different bucket, right? When you put yourself out there yeah. with relevant content. So, and that just like moves you up the ladder in their eyes. It's true. And then, you know, for every time someone reacts to that content, that just leads to a potential opportunity for a conversation. You know, like I just put out a poll yesterday, like what are the hardest to fill roles for go-to-market organizations for SaaS companies? And you see what people post, like people voted, biz, some people voted, voted biz dev, some people voted customer success. Yeah. And like some no one, no one voted know. marketing, which is pretty funny and not surprising. I uh, know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but like for some of those people that voted, like the plan is just to reach out and say, Hey, why was it so hard for you? And just let's see where it goes. Like, it's such a great, it's, uh, I, I think it's also like learning through you. It's like the content is not there for the likes. It's there for the engagement. It's there for also driving the conversations that happen that you don't see in your, in your mini feed every yep. day. It's when you go to your message, Hey, I saw you react to this. Like, what are your thoughts about this? And like the conversation that come out of it. Like I've had like heart to hearts with like customer success executives about like what they look for in their team and their values of how they hire. And it's like, man, how did the conversation get here? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's because people yeah. are, are dying to talk about this stuff. And that's why, I, man, I love everything you're saying because this is like the heart of what I try to teach and get at is like, there's a whole other type of conversation you can be having if you lead the way in removing the friction and removing the mm. fear and the annoyance of responding to a recruiter. Just how do you show that you're a recruiter that gets it, right? Like that's that's it. That is scalable to a bunch of great conversations. And I think it's hard for people that, you know, you, it's like the, you know, the Wizard of Oz, right? You don't know until you see it on the other side of the curtain, at times, mm. but you got to kind of take that leap of faith. Like if I try this approach, I'm going to have different types of conversation and that might seem scary. Well, what do I say when someone opens up to me? It's like, well, worry about that when you get there, but let's get you there first. Right. And then that's a whole other new set of problems. And sometimes there isn't a clear cut answer. Sometimes you just embrace it 
and you see what happens. And guess what? You might not make money out of every conversation, and that's okay too, right? Because that like that that goodwill that that kind of that earned like I would say collateral is the right, but yeah, that that goodwill that you get from interacting with your market. It's not like you know your early stage sales, marketing, customer success, like. It's not like you're talking to people in construction every day, right? Okay, maybe that would be a waste of your time if you were selling early stage startups, you know, customer success, but dealing with only people in construction, right? But with the mm -hmm. right targeted strategy, like this is part of what this is part of how you become a top builder because you know the market in and out, and that confidence resonates with the people that you're talking to. Those hiring managers are like, oh, like Jordan gets it, like he gets this market, this industry. I still think I go back to it. Owning a niche, owning a vertical is as a full desk is like it's so important to really expediting that that process, that learning curve, because then you're able to just kind of flow back and forth those conversations, give them insights, all that, and kind of really leave an imprint, right? And like that is yeah. that's huge. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that you know, I, I, I have friends that are recruiters and they are much more generalist. I see that for some people it, it does work and then for some it doesn't. I really just think it depends on your your perspective and where you come from. If you, you know, if your whole career has been in recruiting and, you know, you work at one firm doing this and one firm doing that, but you know the art of recruitment and you know how to make it work. Okay, great. Look, I come from software. I've been software for the last 10 years of my career. I've always found the most meaningful, what really resonates with me is early stage startups. Yeah. Being in it and seeing what that does, it was like, because of the impact and found impact it had on me and also to many people that joined my company and also to my leadership team, the board, investors, I was like, I want to help other companies get there too, whether they think they need that help or not. Yeah. And, you know, so that that's the other thing is like, it's a challenge. It's a challenge being a recruiter in 2024. There's so many recruiters that are that are out there, and anyone can say they're a recruiter too. And I'm I know that you know companies, hiring managers are getting spammed with recruiters in any possible angle. But if you have value that you can share, then you should get that out there. And that's what I'm seeing through through LinkedIn. I, I mean, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to preach here. I'm, I'm still figuring this out myself, but I'm finding already that by posting about my experience working and going to market is driving conversations with people that I never thought I would have had, um, you know, three or four months ago. And it's so the, the building, the, the quicker you can build that community, the quicker you can build that trust and the quicker you can, you know, cut the line to all the other folks that are, you know, sending out these emails or, you know, doing, you know, spray and pray uh you know mentalities so i you know in addition to content and also to drips with with con subtle conversation starters it's amazing and it's also really awesome like dripify is also killing it for me um on the candidate side um yeah it's just unbelievable what it's doing it's like i i use it literally using the wording that you know i learned from your class, I'm getting anywhere between 55 to 75% acceptance rates. And I, all, all, the, all the people that I placed, um, a lot of the people that I placed, not all, a lot of the people that I placed in 2023 came from Tripify. I mean, it's, using Tripify. 
it's the full desk tool. I mean, if it for sales, go to market that 50 to 75% is typically what we've seen with the campaigns that we run. We help people run mm-hmm. kind of in that niche and it's amazing, right? You can almost have that on autopilot when you know the messaging that's going to open the door and get them the reply. And you know, what you mentioned with the generalist, I think the ones that are generous that are successful have been around for a while. They get a lot of referral business, but if you try that approach with cold outreach, it's almost impossible. Like cold Gosh. outreach almost requires a niche, or at least some sort of specialty. If not, you're going to have to have a really good content strategy to overcome some of that. You know, even my partner on the agency side, Lauren, like she was helping ready to scale companies and kind of across the board, no real niche can get different departments. But even over the last few months, we've partnered together. We've, we've realized like there's a sweet spot with like sales, engineering, you know, and marketing. That's like a real sweet that comes over, comes up over and over again with companies yeah. that are ready to take that next level. And that's much more of a niche than I can do anything. Right. And so like yeah. even her, when it's like you really challenge of like, well, what do you like working on? What do you have the candidate relationships? What's like what can what moves quicker? Right. Where is there yeah. less friction? Almost everyone kind of has that. And that's what I would say for your cold outreach. And if you want more cold to warm accounts, find that lane and own it. Right. Because your referrals are always going to ask you for, hey, can you help with this? Can you help with that? That's fine. But your cold outreach needs to be it needs to be simple on where you can first help them and first serve them. And then it goes kind of it builds from there. It's true. I mean, I just actually pivoted in addition to Dripify to start doing more cold calling. And um, I did a cold calling campaign to early stage startups that were hiring for sales roles, both in Israel and also in the U.S. And I started talking, I started getting on the phone with people and started asking them, what are some of the problems that they're seeing with hiring for sales roles? And one of the person, one of the people that I was spoken to threw it back and was like, well, what are some of the things you're seeing? Why should I think that I have a problem? Why should I have a problem with building my team? Like, well, let me tell you something. I receive most of the tech companies that are getting laid off right now. They come from larger tech teams. You're a much smaller tech team. Would you be quick to hire someone that comes from a larger tech team? I would say no, because they have all the resources and experience that's out there to be able to help allow them to succeed. At an early stage startup like yourselves, you don't have that. You need someone that's a go-getter that can figure things out. And I can help you find those people. And that's like, that's how we were able to like design and to move forward because it came from having the understanding of how OHTH starts work and what they're looking for. Yep. And that was a really good example. Yep. You're always on the spot as a recruiter, even if you know it or don't. And that's one yep. of the best ways to overcome it. I mean, that's, you know, it's a brilliant response because it's, it's also just true. And it makes sense, right? One of the terms I always use is make it make sense, right? With a candidate, it could be a job gap. With a client, it could be, well, why are they using us now, right? As long as it makes sense, it's the same thing for your hiring managers, right? As long as you can kind of make sense of the situation, they're like, oh, all right, yeah, you get it. Like, you know, let's talk. Like, let's sign. Let's let's work together. Because as you get different partners, whether it's a marketing, you know, same thing when you get a website, right? You, You want to establish that that person knows how to build a website, builds a website that you're going to want, you know, that you're going to want, you go through kind of the same vetting process. I always challenge people, think about your vetting process when you hire vendors, like, and how does that apply to you and your managers and how they're going to vet you, right? And so like, what are those key stages that you can do to kind of stand out and show that you are different? And how can you do that in the line of what you're already doing, like your workflow, 
right? And how, can you yeah. automate any of those pieces and all that stuff, right? Or can you expand your reach and what leverage could you have like a LinkedIn content to get that out there to a bunch of people at the same time, right? And like, that's like the next level. And you're getting, you're learning like the levers were critical for you because you were working full time doing this part time and had family and raising kids. Like you had to understand leverage and utilize it. Yeah. And it's almost it's like if you don't do that, you would never would have made, and it's it's interesting. People that do this full time have a hard time even understanding that, right? It's almost like you have too much time on your hands, you know. At time, you know, it's like, well, then that's where you got to dive deeper. You got to add calls. You got to add emails, right? You got to like just w- what can you keep chipping away at, right? Because there's yeah. always, always something. That's right. You know, when I got into recruiting and started doing my own biz dev. I think I call, I consider myself very lucky. This is like the beginning of half two of 2022. They're coming off the amazing rally that started in the end of 2020, where because of the, you know, the great resignation, all of a sudden companies really needed recruiters. I don't care. Like just, you, you need us. And that was also the same thing, same buying behavior that I we saw in SaaS as well. Like companies that would take maybe 18 months to buy a software or buy like banks for buying software in like less than three months, which is unheard of. And so it's the same buying behavior also applied to recruitment teams, the hiring managers. Like I just need to fill this role. And I need someone to help me. Like, I don't care what your background is. Just like, can you help? Okay, great. Yeah. So I have, I have partners and, you know, friends that were in the industry that thrive during that time. Um, like even in Israel, like I have a friend, I have a partner, and he had a, like a connection that made alone, just alone in Israel, a million dollars in recruiting. And the salaries are generally much lower, not much, but like are considerably lower here than what they are in the United States, especially in the greater market side. And she did it like this is 2021 here. And so when I joined in 2022, I was able, I was very lucky to be able to get a couple of customers that didn't have too much of a, you know, a due diligence process with me that took a chance on me and thank God I was able to deliver. That's not the case anymore. Um, I, you know, I saw that starting last year, you have to really be in your A game for how you deliver. So it's either, it's, it's both coming in with conversations, it's showing that you have something different to offer and showcasing that, like, like you said, building and modifying your LinkedIn page. That's the first place that the, the K or the prospects going to see who you are. Are you mm-hmm. legit? And at the time, I wasn't legit. Like my my <laughs> LinkedIn still had like a customer success manager at this company. It was like my main thing. And then like a little on the right, also customer success recruiter. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. didn't really call out that I was a recruiter. Really was not obvious. Like really, um, God, I had a lot of help uh, from above on this one. <laughs> I really mean it. Uh, but on top of that, it was just. Once I modify that and I made my LinkedIn background much more about like, you know, this is me as a recruiter. This is what I do. Now it's just like I have my bear. It's like, what is the cost of this hire? Which is like the biggest pain point. I want this to be really elevated. I want this to be very much resonated so that, you know, when prospects visit me, I care about one of their biggest problems. I want to help them solve it. You know, but at the time I couldn't do that. But once I started to modify the LinkedIn page, you know, improve my you know wording or dripify and to expand and build out my offerings you know to really try to just make the process for the buying for the buyer very smooth and very informed it's a work in progress but it's definitely gotten a lot better since last year 
you know, my customers, thank God, have been very much keen to stay with me as well. So, and that's, you know, you deliver a good service and you have the retention, you get more market share, right? You, I think you focus on the role or two in front of you. Like if I take care of this, more can come, right? Versus trying to tackle all 10 or 15 or 20 at once. It's like, hey, let me let me show you I can do a really good job here and let's build from there. And that approach, I found companies really appreciate that because right? so many recruiters try to bite off more than they can chew and it's like the whole right over promise under deliver it's just like you could just also under promise and over deliver right mm -hmm. you know when i mean for you one wreck at a time two wrecks at a time is plenty in fees right you know and, and yeah. so like that it, it kind of lines up with kind of what you can kind of handle at that time anyway but that's like a real way to kind of build that rapport and that's that's something else that you did that was really smart because then you open up the door to get more market share right that's and right. like that that's that's also huge yeah, 100%. I think one of the other things that I really, um, I think that kept me alive in 2023 was investing in, in client account management. It was, I, I actually flew back to Boston to visit a customer. Uh, that was one thing, you know, holiday gifts is a big one. But on top of it, it was more like, hey, um, I, I think you mentioned that you're going through a Series B investment round. I know investors that would love to speak with you. I introduce, you know, my clients to investors. I've introduced them to people that are service providers that can help them out. I've done product marketing help. I've tested one of their products as well. Um, I've helped people that have, you know, one of the startups I work with, someone recently moved to Boston. I've connected him with people that are in Boston that he could reach out to, have a community, and just building on that. And that was actually really cool. Is investing in like that, particularly that relationship this was in the beginning of 2023 him and i tried filling a role um and unfortunately it didn't work out they uh like we we had a couple of folks in the final round and misaligned expectations it was a really good learning opportunity and they ended up hiring internally and i said to them that's awesome i'm really happy you were able to hire internally you're cutting your costs you're saving this is very smart and I also noticed that you moved to Boston. I love to introduce you to this guy. And then he came back to me like a couple of weeks. And said, hey, by the way, that's like that. Like we also were trying to hire a director of operations, and we fired we fired the person. Didn't work out. And I was like, okay, I'd love to help you. Within a couple of days, I found that we found the guy. And a year later, that guy is still there, and that guy is hiring for his own team now. So mm. it's awesome how that works out. Like it's just. Even when the wins don't happen, it's just the relationship is the most important thing. Invest in however way you can. Even if, if as not a recruiter, think about just like some of the problems and the needs that startups are having. It's, you know, these are funding issues. Am I struggling in other areas of business, vendors, services? Can I provide value for that? Because they're looking at me, I think, I hope, like, okay, wow, Jordan can't just recruit, but he can also, he wants, he cares about us. He wants us to succeed. And so... That builds trust, and I I believe that I have built good trust with my clients. And when clients have left to other businesses, I've had the fortune to be able to go with them too. It's uh, it's amazing, you know. Even also with candidates too, right? It's always about building that strong relationship. I'm very much a believer in the service mindset. And trying to always to be able to make sure that everyone is happy and everyone is getting what they want, if not more. And I rather, my philosophy is, and I know this is not popular, 
is that it'd rather take a longer time in the search to find you the person that's going to stay with the company longer. That's the whole reason why we are preventing mishires. The search takes a little bit longer, we're more thoughtful, and our, and our candidates stay. And that's why, that's why I'm in this business. Absolutely. Well, you have the process down. And if you keep with this process, only good things, like good, way more good things happen than not good things. And that's just like you've tapped into that and you can kind of just keep going with it. And as you build those networks and those relationships, that you give them more reasons to reach out to you than just, hey, we have an open role. And that's always what you want. So as I'm encouraging people, it's just like, that's the way you want to think about it, right? You want managers to have more than one reason to reach out to you. And to your point about the candidates, I just got off the call a couple hours ago with you know, someone that bought the course, like much like you did, the early bird special. So they got uh, a bonus one-on-one calls, a coaching call with me. And we talked about, you know, okay, the Dripify campaign is targeting healthcare C-level people. And they're responding to her and she's getting some meetings. She's also getting some of the, Hey, I'm actually not hiring, but I'm looking. And if she was kind of disappointed with those responses, I was like, you got like, stop right here. Like my not free advice, right? Cause she bought the course was like, so let me get this right. You do searches that average 30 K a pop executive search in healthcare. You get C-suite people that are saying like, not hiring, but you know, I'm looking, you know, they're going to be somewhere. They're either going to stay where they're at, or they're going to go somewhere else. And you don't want to talk to them. What am I missing here? Right. right? Like, what, what we, there's a huge thing. Like, imagine talking to those people. You're getting the response. Like, if you help them out, you give them some feedback, where to look, make some introductions, help with their resume, whatever it is, right? It could be a C level that hasn't updated the resume in 20 years, right? Imagine right. for us, a recruiter, we could fix that up in two seconds for the most part, or give them some key tips of advice. It's like, oh, I didn't think of that. Right. Or how much has the landscape changed just in the last three years, let alone the last 10, 20 years? There's so much value that you can add as a candidate. And if you're talking to that level, like a candidate now is a hiring manager at some point again soon. Right. And some of the times they're testing you. They're testing recruiters to see, would you actually give me the time of day? Or you're only going to if I have a job for you. And I've had multiple of those stories come back from our internal team at Digital Recruiter Talent Group and through clients. So it's like you're, that mindset has to shift if you really want to get the most out of this type of approach and the most out of your cold outreach. If you line up your strategy so you are connecting with the managers, I don't care if they're hiring or looking right now, to talk to them. And there's time in your schedule to talk to them. It's a lot more effective to talk to that person to, to maybe go search out, you know, to make maybe another 20 cold calls, right? Because you don't know what, because you have an opportunity to create a relationship where you haven't yet with those 20 cold calls, right? And like, yeah. that's, if you have the targeting, right? Your profile and everything, guess what they're going to do? They're going to like your post. They're going to comment, right? They're going to share it with other people. They're going to tell it, like, it's just going to build more and more and more. And if a C-level person in healthcare or an early stage likes your post, guess who's going to see it? Their whole network, right? And so people right. forget the domino effect that that happens just by taking one call. That could be 15 minutes. Like, you never know. I've done that for two straight years. I mean, really three, but two years of digital recruiters since I started part-time. And it is crazy, the feedback I get at times like this person all that like i get you know people by the course that are like third degree connections i'm like how'd you find me like oh i saw a post i'm like really like okay that's cool right or like someone keeps resharing something right people that respect 
that person, right? Like they see you, you know, respecting you. They're like, oh, I got to then know that person. You've just completely shortcutted the process, the business development process mm-hmm. by just over and over. It's like waves in the ocean, like you said, by just treating people the right way. And I know I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but you know what? It's our podcast, so we can do what we That's, want. But like, it's right. so important. It is so important. Like this concept fundamentally is what's changing businesses for the digital for digital recruiters like it's that piece of it that's right you know you're when you post on linkedin or when you are just being on linkedin you're you're in the market you're in it when you're in the market you're always there's someone's always always got an eye on you what how is this person going to react what they're going to do and they'll remember what you did too and I, I remember also when i started at drip campaign i got a lot of folks being like um they're not looking. They're they're not looking for a new customer success manager. But I'm also looking for my next job. And I would have conversations with people, and I also help them. Like these folks that have had 20 or 30 years in the game. I'm like this guy that's just been recruiting for half a year was helping them out with their CV. I, I felt like I was the one that was unworthy. But on top of that, <laughs> at the time, just like building those relationships, you never know that went. Like I remember I helped this one woman out who was a director of customer success with her CV and she was looking for her next role. And then she like just posted on LinkedIn. Like there's like, it's really amazing to meet like really great kind people. I want to thank out, I want to thank Jordan Greenberg. This complete stranger for taking the time to help me out with his, my CV. I was like, Whoa, like I just like, you know, put like 10, 15 minutes into just like looking and I'm uh, and helping out and make it better. Like it's amazing. Like every response is an opportunity. Like you were saying before, it's not it, like we can't look at every conversation as transactional. It's every response is an opportunity to have a really good conversation. Yep. And every conversation can lead to a great relationship. And you should just leave it as that. You yeah. shouldn't leave it as like this person's going to be my next customer. This person's going to be my next great candidate. It's like I'm really building great relationships. And wherever that goes, that's going to go. I'm just going to stay focused and maybe I can pull those people in down the road. They can pull me in. But as long as I have their back and they have mine, then and I'm adding value and I've had proof that I've added value. They're not going to forget that. Uh, I'm not going to forget that. It's it's I mean, it's well said. I mean, we're, we're matchmakers at the end of the day, right? Career matchmakers. If you're a matchmaker, you got to have enough pieces, enough really strong pieces to be able to make that match or, you know, we put together the puzzle like that's our job, right? It's almost like a you know, an NFL coach or a GM, right? You got to get all the right players all in the same arena, right? And then that's you right. have practice to kind of figure out, okay, who's the starting lineup? Who's the reserves and all that? It's like that top of funnel is just like get the right people to the right or to your arena. And then from there, you can kind of figure out the teams and the lineups and who plays and who plays where. Like, but just you got to get to that. And it's a stage and you have to respect the stage. It's not right. one step. It's A, B, C, D, E, F. It's not just A to B all the time. And that's just the shift. And people will start feeling that and start to feel valued. And you're doing that dozens of times a month and then hundreds of times a year. 
you get to kind of where you're at now. You're able to leave your job, go through this full time. You have a predictable system and vision and business, and you know what levers to pull and push. And you got, you know, now ongoing clients, retention, referrals, new cold outreach. You, you never know every day what could happen. And that's like the fun part, right? Because you know you could do things that could have some really cool ROI every day. So it's 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 awesome. I, I love that you shared that piece of it. I want to cover one last thing before before we wrap up is you work with clients in different countries and not a lot of our listeners, most of our listeners are kind of US based. Um, what, what are some of the kind of the things like that, like you've seen differently, maybe culturally, you talked about US and Israel a little bit, kind of from a job seeker side, which is interesting, but from a business development, anything that you've had to change up with like your messaging or how you approach or agreements, like what are some things that come up there? In Israel, I've walked into buildings to sell myself. <laughs> I've actually walked into offices. To be like, I noticed you're hiring for this. This is why I specialize in. And what I've gotten to know. Um, but like, it's in Israel, it's called chutzpah. It means having nerves. You oh, know, yeah. it's a very, it's a thing that's very championed here. Um, it's I funny because we did that in, in the U.S. and people do not like that in the U.S. But I did it all the time at Aerotech. But it's interesting that in Israel, it's actually like Lotalion, right? You know, so yeah. it's just that, that's an interesting difference. But go ahead. I think that also in Israel, it's, you know, I, I have I, I, doing cold calling is, is good and getting right to the point. Like this is, hey, like, you know, Clark, this is Jordan from the recruitery. I noticed you're hiring for this. Tell me how, how it's been a struggle. Like you have an open-ended question. Or like, you know, I can help you do this and this and that. Folks might want to, 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 to delve on that. And I've found that Dripify can be good, but don't sell right away. You know, like just talk about like, hey, congratulations on your recent funding. What was that like? Open, open it up. And then the best thing that I've done for Israel is just going to networking events. I've, built, I've gotten customers to that. There's, it's a big community here. So going to like, Again, going to meetups, going to conferences, it's a great way to meet people. Everyone, Israel is a very much more in-the-face type of mindset. Um, I think that connections go really far here. And on top of that, another good example is having someone introduce you to the hiring manager. This has happened a couple of times where folks that I used to work with that moved on to different companies Hey, I noticed that they're hiring. Could you introduce me? And they're more more willing to trust that. And introductions are very much a good thing as well. From a candidate standpoint, though, I, I know you mentioned BizDev, but a candidate is actually different too with outreach. They're much more like get to the point. Like I have, to, especially like with software developers, yeah. it is keep it like like what's something that they could probably be dreading in their current job. And start off with the opportunity. Everything should be about what's in it for them. Yeah. It's like, are you looking to build something new? I have a company that does this. You can build your own code from scratch. The salary is this. It comes with benefits. It comes with job security. Like four bullet points. Interested in learning more. And that has gotten a lot of responses. A lot of I'm not interested. But a lot of like a lot of times I get from candidates software development candidates thank you for like being so straightforward and upfront because i've never gotten this before and i find that in a lot of conversations with israeli recruiters and also with uh, candidates is that the salary doesn't even get mentioned until like the last step 
they'll just like go along with it type of thing. Like, hey, we'll see if we're gonna haggle. Israel is much more of like a it's like it's like a very much like a haggling trading type of mentality. Like it's very yeah. much negotiate, 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 negotiate. Put yourself out there, you know, stand up for yourself as well. A lot of the times you'll see CEOs be like, ah, I don't think you're a good person for the role. And then you'll be like, actually, I disagree with you. And here's why. Like, stand up for yourself. Like, okay, let's talk. And it's much more of a transparent and more um, egalitarian mindset. Yeah. There's not so much bureaucracy and steps. Like, I can yell at the CEO and they'll be like, good points, yeah. you know? Or I can get, if I can find a way to get to that CEO. They'll be like they'll respect your your struggle for how you did it and how you thought outside the box. And be like, okay, let's talk. I like that. I like that. I mean, it's so many similar themes, and I think even as you said, with the short, concise, get to the point outreach, I think that's effective everywhere right now because you're giving people a different experience than what they're used to with recruiters, which is so important to to think of. And that software, I mean, those are. Right, those candidates are gold, right? In our eyes, the agency recruiters, and you're getting them on your side with just mm-hmm. being thoughtful about the messaging and the outreach. And as you said, what's in it for them, which is something we repeat ad nauseum over a digital recruiter in our mastermind, right? What is in it for the other side? That's that's fundamentally everything that we're doing here is really thinking through that lens. And sometimes we don't know, but we're yeah. going to try something and try to figure it out and try to see what works as a piece of content or messaging and all that. Some might work, some might not. It's okay. Because when you get stuff that hits, that changes your business, right? And that could change your life. So it's awesome. Yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, well, dude, this is awesome. I appreciate you. I know we're coming up in the hour. I know it's uh, late over there. You got to get back to work and wrap up your day. Yeah, I got a can of call right now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I got to let you go. So, uh, dude, I appreciate you, Jordan, you know, from just being, you know, getting the material back in the day when it first came out, implementing it, um, just everything, you know, your approach, sharing your story and all that with us. I think it's, it should be inspiring and motivating. And like, if you just do the right work, it's going to happen. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I, I love it. This is super awesome and valuable. And I just, you know, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate that also very much, Clark. And I appreciate being a student of yours and also yeah. very much a student to many in your community that have done your class, I've learned a lot from them along the way. I still feel like I'm, I know, I don't know too much and I'm learning as I go, but just the girl is just to keep going with it and just keep consistent. And um, I'm very much lucky to have you in my network and to continue learning from you as well. Likewise. Well, I appreciate that, man. That means a lot. And uh, we'll have Jordan's LinkedIn URL. Uh, we'll make sure to get that article in there as well. And uh, Jordan, man, appreciate your time and uh, go take care of that candidate. Appreciate it, Clark. All the best. All right. Bye, y'all.